Welcome to The Rock Bite, where we speak our truth, slay sacred cows, sometimes agree to disagree. I'm Colin True, and today I'm picking a fight with hiking, because it can be so much more, as you will find out today with my guest, Miles Howard. So stick around, because by the end of the show, you're going to be lacing up those shoes or boots and running out your front door. And if you need some new shoes or boots, or you have some boots or a jacket or a pack or a tent that you'd like to sell, well, then you have to head to one place geartrade.com who since 1999 has been your go-to home for unnew outdoor gear and apparel all of that stuff you have to sell gear trade will send you a box and a free shipping label to get it to them it's that easy to make cash money guys with your old stuff so head to geartrade.com click on the sell your gear tab to learn more all right let's start the show So a few weeks back, Mike Rogge, the editor of Mountain Gazette, came on the Rock Fight to talk about how great the East Coast is for outdoorsy activities in support of an article running in Mountain Gazette's most recent issue about the Walking City Trail, which is a new kind of hiking trail that's been established in Boston. I say a new kind of trail because it's not a trail in a green space near Boston. The trail itself is an urban hike. It's 27 miles long and connects, according to bostontrails.org, Boston's most scenically immersive parks, urban wilds, gardens, and residential neighborhoods. For an evolving community, this needs to be celebrated. It's a milestone that puts what designer, founder, and basically the father of the Walking City Trail, journalist Miles Howard, what he calls urban hiking, officially on the radar of outdoor adventurers. When I was working for brands in the outdoor industry and spending most of my weeks on airplanes, visiting customers and attending trade shows, I would look for any dirt I could find near my hotel to go for a run. If I was in anything resembling a city and I was able to string together even a few steps on something resembling a trail, I would sometimes snap a picture and post it with the hashtag urban trail running. Finding ways to get the feel of what we experience in the woods or the mountains or on water and atypical locations just makes sense to expand the outdoor community to include even more individuals looking to understand what knowing the secret of going outside can offer you. Miles is tapping into that and then some. In addition to growing the Walking City Trail, he has also launched a bigger project that he's calling Hike Every City, where he's attempting to replicate what he's done in Boston across the entire United States. Miles is effectively picking a rock bike with the Institution of Hiking and proving that it can be so much more. And he's here today to talk about urban hiking, hike every city, and to give an update on Boston's Walking City Trail. I'm Colin True. Welcome back to the Rock Fight. And today, we're going to blow away how you view hiking with my guest, Miles Howard. All right, so we're here today with Miles Howard to talk about hiking in cities. Miles, thanks for joining the show. Appreciate you being here. Thanks for having me, Colin. I'm happy to be here. I did need to start. You've you've been very vocal this summer about the dew point in Boston. How are we today? Are we are we surviving out there? Colin, it's like the liberation of France here right now. I mean, people <laughs> are the, the the dew point is beyond us. The temperatures have gone down to the mid 70s. It oh. feels like summer is finally summer, as many of us have known it here. And I feel like I'm just seeing people active out on the streets and in the parks in Boston in a way that's been like weirdly lacking for the last couple of months. So I'm in a really uh, happy frame right now when it comes to the conditions here. Well, that's a perfect segue to kind of get into what we wanted to chat about today. You know, so there's a fight that I kind of often pick, at least in my own mind, with our outdoor community. And there's a kind of a, I feel like there's a lot, there's a real binary way which a lot of people approach the activities we pursue. 
you know, and maybe it's again my end of the age spectrum, like we we're talking about. But you know, for a group that is supposed to be sort of welcoming and rooted in the life changing experience of playing outside, I think there's a lot of hey, you're doing it wrong, mudslinging of like this is no, 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 this is how you actually do it. And so I love the idea of bringing hiking to an urban setting and calling it hiking. And I want to get into what we call it in a second, but I think. That makes a lot of sense, like just traveling through work for work, being in cities that I'm not unfamiliar with and going on long walks. Uh, I got to do, you know, I was in London for three weeks once and I just I took a train to the center of the city and like walked all the way back down to Croydon where I was staying. And it just like really got wow. to see the city, you know, and even then I wasn't even targeting natural spaces. It was just cool to kind of see it that way, which, you know, in our car driven world doesn't really often become the case for a lot of folks. So I guess it leads me to the question is. To start with you, I mean, is urban hiking an actual thing? Is it your thing that you would like to make a bigger thing? You know, like, and I guess the follow-up to that is how did it become your thing? Yeah, so I think that urban hiking is something that we've been doing in different denominations for a really long time. But, you know, the idea of calling it hiking is kind of nascent these days. I mean, the the French have this word I'm sure you've heard of that's called that's called flaneur, which is which in some translations means uh, botanist of the pavement. And, you know, that's kind of it, it sort of evokes the idea of somebody exploring a city landscape, you know, really you know, absorbing the environmental qualities with a kind of curiosity and, and sometimes a detachment too. Mm -hmm. And this is something that m many, many people I know, you know, do by habit on trips when they go to visit cities like your foray to London that you just mentioned. I was actually just seeing um, a friend from high school who I hadn't uh, caught in years uh, back in the winter. And when I told her about the urban hiking work I've been involved with in Boston, she immediately said, oh yeah, my husband and I do that all the time whenever we go places, urban hiking. And I was kind of like, wow, please tell me more. Like, how do you how do you define this? And she described that what they would do is that they would go to a high point in any city they were visiting, whether it's a skyscraper, big hill, and they'd mm -hmm. look out and they'd find some other point on the horizon they wanted to get to. And from there that they would, they would pull out maps and sort of improvise and find a, a trail, quote unquote, uh, to get there. And when I say trail, I mean, they would piece together parks and streets to find a really interesting way to walk there, you know, absorbing the, the qualities of the environment. So, I mean, that's just one example of how, you know, I think many of us are already doing urban hiking without necessarily thinking of it in those terms. Um, mm -hmm. You know, another example of how it's kind of cropped up in um, places around the world over the last centuries is, uh, you know, in cities like uh, Edinburgh, for instance, you have these trails such as the Waters of Leith Trail, which follows one of the city's central waterways as it, as it heads out toward the sea, pretty much. And, uh, you know, these are these are thought of as walking routes quite often. But, you know, you, one could just as easily define them as a hiking route when you consider, well, this isn't actually like just the most direct way to get from point A to point B. It's a way to walk through an urban environment, sizing up uh, the diversity of the landscape, little curiosities you find along the way. And, you know, in theory, isn't that what we see when you go to the backcountry to hike too? I mean, I think that, um, you know, for me, the parallels here are strong enough that it's almost... Uh, you know, ironic that the idea of coining this activity as hiking in an urban environment still feels like such an emerging thing right now. And right. I can point to something that I think has made that a thing in the last uh, couple of years, especially. And it's pretty obvious. It's the pandemic, really. And, you know, this kind of leads into how urban hiking became my thing. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier that I used to work in the backcountry. I was a 
hut manager for the Appalachian Mountain Club's high huts. And, you know, I did this after a childhood that was full of hiking. You know, we grew up right near a forest here, near here in Boston, uh, the Middlesex Fells. My parents and I hiked to waterfalls and, you know, lakes and such in the mountains in the summer. Uh, so working up there was a dream, but I found myself coming back to the city on my days off because I couldn't quite quit you know, just the cultural amenities of being in a place like greater Boston too. Like I didn't want to be away from that for too long. So, you know, for ages, I think that there was this question looming in the back of my mind about, well, could you ever combine these places in a recreational sense? Like the journey element of backcountry hiking and the cosmopolitan wonders of being in a city like Boston or LA or Seattle. And the thing that really made that marriage of these two landscapes possible for me and, where, and that I think really brought the term urban hiking to the forefront of my mind was being isolated here in Boston for the first year of the pandemic. Because mm. all of a sudden, you know, at a time when many of us craved the cathartic release of going for a hike somewhere, we couldn't go to the usual venues that we right. would head off to. You know, we couldn't go, you know, there were, there were out of state travel rules, uh, trailhead parking locally was a nightmare. And so increasingly, instead of going to the white or the green mountains, uh, myself and many of my friends uh, decided, well, we should just kind of use what's here in our backyard, but try to think of it with the same outlook as though we were going for a big hike through the Pemajuasa wilderness. Um, and what I started doing that summer of 2020, uh, going through fall and even the winter, was I would identify these parks and green spaces and little urban forests in Boston where I hadn't been before that I'd been curious to check out. And I would look at a map and see how long would it take to walk here from my back door, you know, through these spaces and, you know, back again. Because um, this was at a time where even taking public transit seemed kind of risky, even if you right. masked up. So these would be circuitous urban hikes. Um, and I would do that, you know, I would suit up for the elements, even if it was, uh, you know, below 20 and icy outside, I would pack provisions uh, and I would go off on these urban journeys. And, you know, increasingly, I found that they started to provide the same kind of release and uh, mental immersion and what's immediately around you is going hiking in New Hampshire or Maine would. And, right. uh, and so for me, I think that kind of revealed that the way we think about hiking and what we define as hiking is so rooted in, you know, mental perceptions we have. And, you know, in theory, if you can kind of unlock that, you know, that realization that you can go hiking in a city environment, then hiking is something that can in theory happen anywhere. And that's very much what, you know, I've been uh, trying to demonstrate with the Walking City Trail project here in Boston and will increasingly be trying to demonstrate with the Hike Every City project that's going to span beyond Boston pretty soon. Yeah. So talk about that, because I think I think you're we're so aligned on this. And I think the mind the mindset of the 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 you're doing it wrong is probably definitely the older outdoor enthusiast, you know, the kind of the one who came of age, kind of like I did in the eighties and nineties. And it's like, there's a real way of going outside and that's it. And when I look at even my own kids, I've kind of had this uh, mindset of, you know, anything outside, anything outdoors and anything outside is an outdoor activity now. Right. And an outdoor activity mm -hmm. 10, 15, 20 years ago was like, Oh, you're hiking, you're mountain biking whatever. And it's like, now, now I'm riding my e-bike to the beach to play spike ball. That's outdoor. Right. I think there's a little bit of a, it's starting to, the flexibility is starting to be shown there. And when I think of, you know, when I traveled for work, you know, I, I definitely would take advantage of anywhere I went, even if I was staying at like the courtyard Marriott by like the roundabout at the business park, it'd still be like, where is there a trail? I bet there's one nearby. Right. And it's kind of, mm -hmm. let me go for a quick run. Even if it's like, 
a mile and a half long to a couple out and backs just to kind of like see what's going on here and to see the integration a little bit of like the, the, the culture of our society with going outside is just a really special way to kind of view all these things. So yeah, I definitely want to hear more about like hike every city. Like as I was digging into the, a bit about, I knew about the walking city uh, trail. I've said, we talked to Rogie about that, but then kind of looking at your Substack, it's like, Oh, there's a bigger project, you know, at play here. So what, what's the story with, uh, mm-hmm. with hike every city? Yeah. So, you know, I think we're all jump into that, uh, you know, is, is, is touching on what you mentioned earlier with this idea of, you know, hey, there's a certain way to hike, you know, you're, you're doing it wrong. You know, uh, I mean, I think that a lot of that is rooted in traditionalism, but I think a part of it also comes Very down to, yeah, you know, yeah, there's, 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 <laughs> exactly. We're, we can't, we can't quit our history, but right. it's, you know, we kicked the British out. We're going to kick you out. Boston strong. I know, but it's like, (laughs) you know, I think a lot of it comes down to a sort of gatekeeping that people might not realize is gatekeeping too. this sort of fear that, you know, uh, you know, there are people who've been going to places to hike for, you know, generations who have kind of an intrinsic right to these places. And there's this fear that they'll be, you know, trampled upon by, you know, more users in the near future. And, uh, you know, one thing that we've seen in the last five years, really even before the pandemic, is just enormous uh, burst of popularity in hiking uh, culturally, which uh, I'm very happy about for the most part. But of course, you know, this conversation has, uh, you know, inflamed those um those fears of, uh, you know, overuse in places. And some people might approach that issue, which is a real issue with hiking becoming more popular uh, by saying, well, we need to find ways to restrict access to some of these hiking venues so that they're not, you know, trampled too much. But uh, I think that, frankly, the opposite direction, uh, you know, approach of actually creating more spaces where people can hike and highlighting more hiking venues is the more progressive way to go here, because I don't think you can really uh, suppress the appetite that people have for this here. Yeah. And I think that, you know, rather than trying to, you know, deny reality with where hiking culture is right now, why not welcome that and designate more places as grounds where hiking can happen? And that's pretty much what the Hike Every City project is about. It's about identifying uh, ways to go hiking in all sorts of urban environments that might seem like the polar opposite of places where one would think to go on a hiking trip. And these can be done very intentionally as trips that you plan to a city where the the main goal is to go hiking through parks and forests Mm -hmm. and interesting urban infrastructure, or like you were alluding to with uh, some of your trips, it could be something that someone does on the fly, improvisationally, when they happen right. to be visiting a city. This question of looking at a map, uh, whether it's all trails, Google Maps, and figuring out, huh, so I could go walk through these places. Could I walk between them? Could I make this a bigger thing? And the thing is, I was already doing this before I came up with the idea of hike every city. You know, I, I, I mean, especially right. after mapping the Walking City Trail here in Boston, and realizing how many interesting pedestrian spaces you could identify in cities with the use of uh, all trails and other apps that work with OpenStreetMaps data, um, you know, this just became my way of you know working out and exploring and going somewhere. I mean, one of my best friends lives in Seattle right now, and. Uh, for my Substack, Mind the Moss, um, I did a piece uh, back in October last year where I chronicled what it was like to take sort of an improvised urban hike on a, a trail, quote unquote, that I basically designed and mapped myself, you know, looking at like ways to walk between these parks. I think it was about 12 miles. I went 
from uh, Lake Washington over to Belltown via the Arboretum, uh, Interlake and Park, and a bunch of other great little spaces, including it's one park. Such a fun city we- to walk through. Have you been to the um, that little skate park under I five? Uh huh. Oh, I mean, yeah that that blew me. That knocked my socks off. And um, so you know, I had so much fun doing that. And I'm constantly looking for ways to marry, you know, the recreational sides of my life with writing work, too, that I figured, hey, what if I just tried doing this in other cities? And, you know, what if I what if I reached out to urban hikers or communities of hikers within those cities to try to collaborate on, like, identifying an interesting trail to hike or maybe even doing a hike together? And that's that's increasingly what the next wave of Hike Every City is going to look like Um, Mm -hmm. for the first wave, which was kind of a three city test case that I mainly published through my newsletter. Um, I went to Philly, uh, New York, and Providence and did three trails, uh, what I would really call pop-up trails, that I sort of mapped myself after getting some input from people I knew who lived in those cities about interesting spaces to walk through, spaces that really uh, demonstrated the environmental characteristics of each city. And Mm -hmm. basically... Um, I did about a 13-mile hike in Philly from the Wissahickon Woods to the uh, Art Museum steps uh, where, where, where Sylvester Stallone ran up and down, which Heck is kind yeah. of the catalog of that hike. And <laughs> then in New York, I, I did a, um, a two-day urban hike from Central Park, the idea that Central Park is just the beginning of green spaces in New York. And I, went, I made my way about 26 miles up through oh, wow. Manhattan and the Bronx, ending up at Pelham Bay Park, which is actually the largest park by far in New York. Um, and then in Providence, I followed the, um, some of the rivers that converge downtown, which now have newly built pedestrian and bike greenways alongside them. Hmm. And I kind of, and I found a way to visit all three of those rivers on a circuitous hike through the city, ending up at the, uh, cobblestone walkway along the river where the water fire festival takes place each summer. So, you know, I had enough fun doing these hikes on my own and writing about them that it was an affirmation that this is a project I definitely want to keep doing. But the major change that's going to happen going forward is that when I go to the next wave of cities, which is likely to happen uh, this fall sometime, uh, I will be um, meeting up with local hikers and really having them kind of show me the area through their lens and sort of taking the lead on this front. Because I think that, you know, as much as one um, can easily, uh, you know, jump into a city with the mapping tools we have today and discover all these places to really get that, you know, intertwined sense of historic narrative and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, environmental uniqueness, it, it really helps to meet up with folks locally. And one example of that that I'm really excited about is, uh you know, in Pittsburgh, they have a zillion staircases there that were built way back in the day to make it easier, um, easier, quote unquote, yeah, for right. uh, workers to get up and down the hills from the steel mills to their houses. And, uh, you know, now that the mills aren't as much of a, of a force there anymore, the stairs are left over and people tend to use them recreationally. And every October, there's a group of Pittsburgh residents who gets together and does something called the Step Trek, which is a giant community hike on an improvised route up and down these staircases on the south side of the city. It's a real quad breaker. Um, I was there recently and I met uh, someone whose wife is actually one of the organizers of Step Trek, and I'll be heading back there to do that this October, which will be, and that'll be one of the stops on the next hike every city wave. So, um, you know, it's something that uh, I hope to take to as many venues as possible in the next year and depending upon the the visibility of this next wave the partnerships that it possibly yields uh that could happen but for now i'm just uh you know i i see this as an advocacy role more than anything right now just demonstrating that you can you can do this you could do this 
experience on your next trip to any any city. And that's, uh, you know, pretty, I, I think that can be pretty um, liberating almost for someone who goes to an urban environment and, you know, has only one idea of what they can do with their time there to suddenly realize, whoa, I could, I could go on a real journey here. I think while you're talking, it made me think like hiking's actually almost late to the game. Well, hold on me back up. Cause I think like what I was saying at the beginning about, you know, this being the outdoor community being seen as a welcoming community. And, but there is that sort of, if you're unfamiliar, if it's new or seems like dangerous, or maybe you were raised and uh, you know, culturally you don't go outdoors or, you know, whatever, or you're just have folks who would encourage you to go outside but if you think about like what climbing gyms have been doing for the better part of a few decades now, right. And sort of blending that sort of like, Hey, you know, this is, I mean, we're going to recreate this sort of really scary thing in a completely approachable way. You know, what about gravel mm. bikes in the last few years? Right. It's like, you know, you don't have to be a tour de France, like spandex, you know, roadie, you know, who has kit has to match all the time and go out there and like, you know, want to put up big miles, but you also don't have to be a huck it off a cliff mountain biker either. You can go on a little like venture and, kind of blend both worlds and it's just approachable right for the for the uninitiated i think thinking of hiking if i say we're gonna go for a hike i might if you're not used to hiking you might immediately bristle at that right and be like i don't know I don't yeah. want to do that. that sounds like that sounds hard do i have to wear big boots like what's gonna happen you know and say no, no no we're gonna connect these three parks in this city and then there's a great bar at the end we're gonna get a beer afterwards be like oh, that sounds pretty great <laughs> You know, just sort of in terms of like, again, expanding the community, it's almost like feels like this is important work on top of just really interesting and fun work, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I've been hiking for decades. It's been the backbone of my recreational habits. And there's times when I really don't want to go hiking in yeah, the right. sense that we tend to think about hiking right there. Like uh, the other week, I was up in the presidential range helping a friend complete her traverse. I took the Cog Railway up, met her on Washington, and hiked back down the Amanusik Ravine Trail eventually. And I'm still recovering from that. I mean, my legs are not what they say. were 10, 10 years ago. And so, you know, one of the things that I love about urban hiking, um, you know, personally and, um, you know, in a broader sense is that it allows people to craft the hiking experience they want to decide their yeah. exposure level, uh, yeah. you know, up to a point more easily. I mean, if you're, uh, you know, doing a uh, traverse of the uh, Mansfield Ridgeline, like, and you suddenly aren't feeling it anymore. I mean, you can't just hop on a bus or a train and leave. You can't sidle up to a bar and get some sort of uh, liquid nourishment. I mean, it's just, uh, you're committed at that point. And that's right. understandably very intimidating to a lot of people. I'm, I'm intimidated by that still sometimes. And so, sure. you know, I do think that uh, part of the, uh, you know, act of demystifying hiking, and, and I'm so glad you made those parallels to climbing and mountain biking, is creating spaces where you can do it with a lower yep. threshold of risk, frankly. And yeah. uh, it is kind of weird to me that that hiking hasn't really gotten there quite yet. But I do think urban hiking could be a very substantial piece of that going forward. And, you know, there are cities that, um, you know, at a more municipal level, uh, and this is mostly in Europe, are, you know, designing more long walking trails that they're calling trails with mm -hmm. that idea in mind. You know, we, you know, you know, you, you know, have a hiking experience with the comforts and security of a city environment right here. Right. too. And I think that, so I find that very heartening to see that happening across the pond. One thing I was thinking about, though, is when you look at kind of crowded outdoor areas, I mean, is there a concern for, you know, trails, you know, becoming successful, maybe bringing unwanted crowds in urban areas? I mean, you think about 
the ups and downs of gentrification? Is this an extension of that? I mean, is it this does the mm. I mean, obviously, on paper, this just makes sense. It's like, great. I can I live in this place. Look at this. We can welcome more people in. Is there a chance for things to become almost too successful in a particular city or a given place? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that there's two kinds of concern that you tend to see in urban areas when it comes to establishing trails, whether they're for uh, cyclists, pedestrians, or both. Uh, you know, first you've got kind of the classic, uh, you know, NIMBY territorialism from homeowners who may live adjacent to a green space and they don't want undesirables walking through their area. Right. And that's something that we contend with with pretty much every project under the sun that involves utilizing public space in residential areas like this. But I think that the question about whether this could be too successful, bringing more traffic to an area that could hasten gentrification is a more concerning question for which I don't quite have an answer yet because yeah. we're still largely figuring out how to address the housing crisis in cities like Boston without hastening gentrification. I mean, of course, there's the supply side argument that we just need to build more housing, but that does not necessarily solve the displacement problem. We think about uh, what type of housing we're building, who gets left behind at that point. Right. And so I think that, you know, if there's any kind of tonic for this right here, uh, one thing I've noticed when I've led um, guided hikes on the Walking City Trail is that they they tend to be, become more like giant roving conversations at a certain point where I'm not necessarily narrating them 24 seven, but where people are talking, uh, socially cross pollinating and increasingly commenting on things they see or things they know about the area we're passing through. And some, an example of something somebody might comment on is preserved affordable housing in an area that is very much at risk for gentrification. And one of the things that, you know, I, I really, they came onto my radar later in the game with the walking city trail, um, is that I think that urban trails can also be um, a possible springboard for civic engagement from people on issues like the housing crisis and how it manifests in certain cities. And so, mm -hmm. you know, while it's possible that, you know, you could simply just bring lots of people to an area, increase the perception of desirability for that, for that area and worsen gentrification, you also could leave a lot of people, you know, with a deeper understanding of the history of that area, you know, yep. what has been, what, you know, what people have to contend with there and what it would take to mitigate issues like displacement. And I think that community hikes, whether it's a person like a trail founder guiding one, or whether it's just people who live in a community through which a trail passes, uh, activating it together, uh, can spur that. I've definitely seen it here in Boston. And actually one of my uh, fellow trail builders who came and, you know, sort of joined the behind the scenes work later in the game, uh, a really nice guy named Matthew Brody, uh, you know, for him, the window into urban hiking, you know, because he wasn't really an avid hiker beforehand, was this possibility of the trail as a, as a cross pollinator thing for neighborhoods right there, hmm. for bringing people together, for sparking conversations about civic issues. And I'd never thought of that from the beginning, but you know, I, it's really become uh, part of my outlook on how I see the utilities of, uh, of, of hiking trails in the cities. Hmm. Well, how, speaking of the walking city trail, how is your baby? What's going on with your baby these days? Are you keep, do you keep tabs on all the different sections? Do you kind of just cruise by to see who's out on it? You know, do you, what, what's yeah? Uh, what's you know, happening? I I kind of do it all. I I mean, I find myself just walking pieces of it. You know, as part of my commute to various parts of the city. Sometimes, I mean, I live really close to Jamaica Pond, which is sort of the halfway hmm. point of the trail. And you know, to get down toward the Fenway area, you know, I can pretty much just follow the trail route as it as it goes through the pond area, Olmsted Park, uh, Mission Hill. But other times I do go and uh, more deliberately keep tabs on how certain things are looking. And that's been particularly 
relevant lately because this summer, um, my, several uh, fellow trail volunteers and I have actually been installing the first physical signs on the Walking City Trail. We're That's covering so cool. the whole thing. It's, you know, it was something that um, one of our city councilors, uh, Councillor Kendra Lara, who's been a huge supporter of the trail since its inception, uh, it was an idea that she floated to us last October on a group hike. Would you ever consider doing this? And so, you You're know, like, we yeah, actually of course had a- I would. I didn't know we could yeah. do that. You know, like- <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny, like, I, I never thought that would be a possibility. Well, I figured it would just be a nightmare. You, right? Yeah, you know, you imagine the layers of red tape you'd have to oh deal with to get permission this to do that. This isn't like, you know, and putting so, a white mark on a tree. We're talking about putting up signs right. in a city, right? This is not... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, you know, we actually had some conversations with the Boston City Council about that last winter that ultimately brought us back to what I think was the inevitable conclusion, which is that we're we're not going to get permission to do this, but we're not necessarily going to get penalized for doing this either. And so... Uh, and so that's so what we so what we did what we've been working on for the last couple of months is creating our own laminated trail signs that sort of serve as uh, portals to the online resources. People can type in a URL, scan a code on there, right. get all the maps and everything, and we're putting them on the whole length of the trail. Um, half of it's done at this point. And actually, on August 13th, uh, just under two weeks from now, we are going to knock out the second half of the trail in one big day, basically. So by by September prime urban hiking season in Boston, yeah, I would argue. Yeah. The whole trail should have signs on it. And I've been back out to just see if anyone's taken the signs down yet. And with the exception of one sign that I'm pretty sure was taken down by this ornery looking homeowner watching us put the whole thing up, all the signs are still installed. Well, we're, we're getting run low on time. And I, and I, I do want to I need to pick at least one little rock fight because it'd be kind of fun to do. And, and, and you, cause we've referenced two of my all time favorite cities lived in both Seattle and Boston. You know, you designed a trail in Boston and have done an urban hike in Seattle. Seattle's inspired you. So omitting the bias of residency, <laughs> which city has the best urban hiking trail and why is it better? Why is it Seattle? Because the food's just better in Seattle. <laughs> so well, Boston versus Seattle. And there's a lot of over, there is, I think, a synergy between the two cities. And there's one thing, there's a reason why I like both so much. Um, mm. But, but anyway, if you had to, if you were going to go pick, if you're going to go one more hike in either of those two places, which one would you choose? So you asked which city has the best urban trail right now. Oh, and this isn't fair. My, oh. my answer. My answer to this question may be different a few months. <laughs> well, here's the thing. My, I, I, will, I will start by saying that I think as an environment, Seattle has a slight edge on Boston when it comes to being able to host urban hiking trails. And that's for a couple of reasons. I mean, as we've talked about before, I mean, the pervasiveness of ferns and conifers and more around Seattle is just incredible. I mean, it brings that that sense of I'm in the city, but also out of my element in the country right. to the forefront in a way that Boston very much does in select environments, but in others, you really have to kind of reach to find that. And I Boston think Boston does, I think, compared you know, to other East Coast cities more so than other East Coast cities, but compared to Seattle, you're right, it's definitely. not quite the same. Right. Yeah, I mean, Boston has this impressive metric where every resident here now lives within a 10 to 15 minute walk of a park or any green space, which is great. Wow. But those parks and green spaces are not created equally at all when it comes to how immersive <laughs> they are, how well kept up they are. And, you know, in Seattle, it, get, it it just feels like the city has been built into the wooded folds of these hills, which is just 
such a cool feeling. And I think for, you know, environmental diversity, for interesting topography, like that just makes Seattle one of the best places you could host urban trails in. But the thing that's kind of ironic to me though, is that Seattle doesn't have an urban trail like the Crosstown Trail or the Walking City Trail mm. yet? And the reason, and but but there is there is a project that I've heard about underfoot um, by a fellow whose last name is Hendrickson. I'm I'm forgetting his first mm. name right now. Who is allegedly designing a trail through Seattle that's going to visit almost 30 miles of spaces designed by Frederick Law Olmsted. So you know, if we were to dig into this question. Uh, you know, a couple of months from now, even could be yeah. a very different answer. Because if this is a if this is a real thing that's coming online soon, uh, I'll be on the first plane to Seattle to try and hike it later this year. And uh, you mentioned the food too, and I will I will I will give you this one hands down. Seattle <laughs> has the edge right here. I mean, there's a there's a whole host of theories and reasons why Boston's food scene hasn't quite exploded like other other cities have. I think that you know. There's a there's a puritanist element to it. There's also the cost of uh, housing here that's just been so bad that mom and pop mm -hmm. places can't afford to hang on. But but of course that's not unique to Boston. So it's a deeper rooted mystery than that. And uh, when I think about you know where to step off the trail and find a great bowl of poke, for instance, um, you know it's not even a question really. Right. Um, right. <laughs> so no you know, i think you're you, you it's it's fair because listen you you have created something that has trail signs in it in boston and seattle's still like you can you can do what you do you can you did before you can do it on your own but there's not an established trail yet so that to that point boston we you you hold the belt for a little while longer here but we're vulnerable when seattle does have that <laughs> trail right. Yeah. Boom. i mean that i mean really yeah. every time i've gone out there i just i've thought i mean i know it's a, i know it's a somewhat emergent concept but how has nobody done this here yet like it's right, it, right. It, it is it is perfect you know as, yeah. as an environment for this type of but thing. they'll never have Probably. sully and murph like standing on the corner being like hey guy <laughs> you, you look you looking for the trail Exactly. fucking trails over yeah. here you know <laughs> the other day i was i was on part of the trail and this school bus drove by and just belched out this huge black cloud of smoke and this guy who looked like a dead ringer for joe pesci just goes by on a bike and sees me and he goes that's a mouthful of bus huh kid you know and you couldn't get that in seattle too no. i mean there's just no. the, the the clash of the urban and the rural in boston is pretty great sometimes yeah and i think that in cities where the outdoors is much more constantly present that's not going to be there philly would be another great city for that too that's true well philly might get dangerous the uh but yeah i remember uh, i think it was matt damon <laughs> on was sports on days right? yeah yeah exactly don't don't go hiking at the eagles are down by a couple touchdowns you know the uh <laughs> right hey listen miles thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about this it's a i think it's a really exciting topic i think there's definitely as much as i love our outdoor community i love all the stories and you know, different media and the things that we have it sometimes you know we've had a lot of the same over the years and it's so it's really exciting to think about not just like a new activity but like something like this that can be impactful on a whole host of levels so i appreciate what you're doing number one and i really appreciate you coming on the chat with us about it well, thanks for having me, Colin. It's always a pleasure to chat about this. And I just really appreciate your interest and openness to seeing, you know, the the benefits and the potential of where this could go. I mean, I never I never would have imagined myself getting this deep into this, you know, 10 years <laughs> ago when I was working in the backcountry. But uh, life is weird. And, you know, the pandemic really made things weird. And so who right. who knows? You know, we could be having a lot more conversations about this in more places within a year or two. So thank you. I appreciate it. All right, man. Thanks for coming on. 
You ever do any urban hiking, trail running, cycling, paddling, any outdoor activity in a city? Send your feedback and stories to myrockfight at gmail.com. That's our show for today. Big thank you to my guest, Miles Howard. To learn more about Miles or the Hike Every City Initiative or just to read his work, go to mindthemoss.substack.com. To learn more about Boston's Walking City Trail, including resources to section or through-hike the whole thing, head to bostontrails.org. We'll be back next week with more outdoor ideas that aim for your head. The Rock Fight is a production of Rock Fight LLC. I'm Colin True. Thanks for listening. And now... It's time to let Less Than Jake's own Krista Makes take us out with the Rock Fight Fight Song. We'll see you next time. Rock fight.